Dirty Dog Darcy. This is Beverly McMahon. I'm trying to talk to you more. We didn't get time to talk last week about the incident with William Shatner. You said you were going to apologize. Please apologize now. Beverly McMahon. I'm sorry. I apologize. But, but are you really so, but are you really sorry? Beverly McMahon, let me explain. I'm sorry. I apologize. Everybody was making a fool out of me. Tell me, but but they, were you embarrassed, Dirty Dog Darcy? I'm embarrassed. You're steamrolling over me, Beverly McMahon. I just want to know the, the apology, Dirty Dog Darcy. I'm sorry you have to do this, Beverly McMahon. But Shatner, I want you in the ring for honor and for you glory. Want him in the ring. In the ring, one-on-one, at WrestleMania 11. Oh my gosh, at WrestleMania 11, what's going on here, Dirty Dog Darcy? Ah! I want Shatner because he's the Shats. From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Pastry, Minnesota, moved all over, name, event, status, radio, with your host. I'm kicking and screaming. I'm rock and roll dreaming. We're here, live, on air, on Minifant Status Radio. Here in Palmetto, Florida. Yeah! At the Manatee Civic Center. Oh my gosh, I'm happy. Welcome yes, yes. to Main Event Status Radio. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. He is Mr. Beverly Hills. The thrills oh, oh. and the chills. Let's go up and down my spine. Beverly, <laughs> how are you? Oh gosh, I'm so good. I, and I always get better when I talk to you on a Saturday afternoon. I told you you're gonna get a good kick of the intro I thought about thought about for tonight, and, and I sure did. So Beverly, this is the 97th edition of Monday Night Raw. Oh, from Monday, Monday January 30th, 1995, taped the week before yes. on the 23rd of January. Yes, in Palmito, Florida, at the Manatee Civic Center. Yes. I finally got something right for once, Beverly. You nailed it, man. I was practicing all week, Beverly. <laughs> so, really? Yes, we are That's coming, awesome. You know, we're still on a road to WrestleMania 11 series and all that dudes and dudettes. Yes. And before... We're on the road. We're firmly on the road. And before we continue on our road to WrestleMania 11, Beverly Hills, let's take okay. a quick pit stop. Got it. 2015. Yes. Super Bowl 49. Last yes. weekend. Uh-huh. I want to get your thoughts on the last play that screwed over the Seahawks. <laughs> it, was a, it was a terrible play call. I think everybody, everybody's probably talked about it to death at this point. It's uh, should have ran it. They're try- I guess they were trying to run out the clock. But what I I really I mean at this point we're a week we're a week out I we all know what happened I want to know what your thoughts as a non football fan watching the Super Bowl what was it like Did you have some good food Did you uh, 
have some mellow yellow. I want to know all about your viewing experience. To be honest, Beverly Thrills, I was bored until the last play. Okay. Okay. That you know, I, I was kind of paying attention off and on that Mama D wanted to have the Super Bowl on for heavens knows why. <laughs> so I was she wants pay- to keep up with with popular culture. Well, I don't. So whatever. <laughs> but I, I was kind of paying attention off and on just to see what the score is and watch a player two, then continue dinking on my phone and all okay. that fun stuff, clowning around and all that. And you know, I was kind of watching for the commercials <laughs> and all that. Because, you know, that's what a lot of people, non-football fans, tune in for the Super Bowl for the commercials. Right, and exactly. All, and all that. Then I was kind of paying attention to the last, I think, minute or two of the game, you know, just to see what what happened. Because I was kind of ho- shooting for the Seahawks to do a repeat to be Super Bowl champions. Okay. Then I saw the last play. I'm like, you guys are stupid. I'm not a football <laughs> fan. that play was stupid you guys are stupid quote-unquote dirty dog darcy take it to the bank and i kind of wanted to talk to you about this beverly hills okay hit me why do you think the super bowl has become such a quote-unquote american holiday well i don't know i mean well for one football is the has definitely taken over for baseball as the national sport. It's the culmination of the season. Um, I don't know. I just think it's one of those things where like we all, everybody gets together and, you know, hangs out and gathers around and, and watched it, watches it. So you feel like it is just another, I guess, excuse to hang out with people. Oh, I think it's more than that because I think it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just like gained popularity over the years. And, you know, now even if you aren't a football fan, you get together and you do, you know, you have your apps, you watch the commercials even. I think everybody has an excuse to um, to have some fun. Do you ever feel like WrestleMania will ever become like that for professional wrestling? Um, I mean, I could see it. Uh, well, since now it's on the WWE Network, it's a lot cheaper than yeah. ordering on pay-per-view. That's what I was wondering. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I think it probably got closest, you know, during the Attitude Era. You know, many people would have been watching it. Um, ah, gosh, I just don't know. I know we've had talks before, you and I, about if it were on network TV or something like that. And, I I mean, it would have to get on and it would have to have lots and lots of promotion. Because, you know, like hundreds of millions of people watch the Super Bowl. And, I, man, I don't know if the, that many people watch if, the, if the WrestleMania would ever do that. Well, especially nowadays that... Uh... Yeah, we talked about, the, about it before. I think especially on the podcast that wrestling isn't as popular, like you said, you know, back like in the Attitude Era during the Monday Night Wars. Right. And I, well, wrestling now is like four hours long. I feel like if it's on network TV, it might have to be longer than that. 
You want it to be longer? Well, I just have a feeling that it's either it being longer no way. or the matches or there won't be as many matches on it. You know, just do for yeah. commercial placement. That's why I mentioned that. No, they'd have they'd have to make it shorter, if anything. Could you imagine WrestleMania going five hours? Wasn't WrestleMania twenty about that? Yeah, but Mm, I don't know, but they would never have it on network TV for that long. The only reason the Super Bowl starts at six is because it drives such huge ratings. The um, WrestleMania could never be that long. The Super Bowl is what about three hours? Give or yeah, take? it's basically from like six till nine. Okay, well I guess WrestleMania could be about three hours, but I guess I was just thinking since WrestleMania is usually normally four hours long on pay per view and WWE Network. And all that, and how right. Vince tries to throw as many matches on the card for for the guys who can, can get the rest of the payout. That's why I was thinking either, well, I guess if they do a three hours long, they won't be able to do as many matches. Yeah. Or just do like a pre, like an hour pre show stuff, like on the network or something. Th- that's what would end up happening. I, I mean, I could see them, God, if they got a really good deal with a network running maybe like the main event or main two or three matches just for like an hour or two hours. And then, yeah, the rest would be on like the network. That's basically what UFC does these days. Makes sense. Is their, their pay-per-view or even like their live shows that are on Fox or um, Fox sports. They're, it's like, sorry, I'm coughing so much. It's like gradiated, like the Fox one or the main event. Then it's on Fox Sports, and then there are some that are on, like, their online version. Makes sense. So I guess I can kind of see maybe two hours being on the network, then yeah. going, you know, the last two hours, like, sitting, like, the top three matches or something on uh, on network, on, like, NBC or something like that. Right. But I guess that was just my thoughts. Do you have any other overall thoughts on the Super Bowl from last weekend? <coughs> Did you enjoy the halftime show, Dirty Dog Darcy? Not really. It's not not my kind of style of music. Did you like my performance as the dancing shark? Yes. Yes, it, it I am. It was beautiful. I am telling you that I was left shark. Here, I'm going to do a dance for you. Looks just like the shark from halftime, Beverly Hills. Yep. Yep, I'm officially telling everyone I was left shark. Dude, tied in Super Bowl halftime, 40, Super Bowl 49 halftime, in with what we're watching tonight, interviewing tonight, Beverly Hills. What's okay. Your th- what's your thoughts on the Bam Bam Bigelow inspired attire that Kitty Perry was wearing? <laughs> it was great. It did. Oh my God, it looked just like when he. Was a face in 90, late ninety five ninety six. Did you get my email this past week with the with the picture that I saw on Twitter about Bam Bam Bigelow and Kitty Perry? Yes, of course. It made me laugh too. <laughs> so for the show that we're reviewing tonight, obviously episode ninety seven of Monday Night Raw on the network on my Roku, it says for the for the description, Bam Bam Bigelow has a message for Lawrence Taylor. Plus, the debut of Kama 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 Chameleon. Yes. Another dish yes, of the yes, King's yes, Court, yes. and much more. We're going to take a quick breather here on Main Event Status Radio, 
Beverly Hills and I, the Dirty Dog, will be right back after this break. All right, give it to us. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Hit them, hit them. Think he's ready? I think he'll crack this guy off. Okay, guys, keep them clean. It's got to be a ring-a-ding-dong dandy. Nice. Ooh, that's got to hurt. What a move. Please airborne. Humpty's famous four egg omelets. Choose from seven feature combinations. They're excellent. You know, Humpty, maybe we should be a tag team. You're out of here. We're still here in my rock and roll dream. <laughs> I'm not kicking so much yet. I'm only talking. We are back from the break here on Main Event Status Radio, Beverly. And the show opens up from stills from the Royal Rumble between Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor. And how Bam Bamber got a 30-day suspension from shoving LT for LT being a jerk. <laughs> uh, in my opinion. In mine too. And I guess the Bammer will be here on Monday Night Raw tonight to apologize to Lawrence Taylor. Awesome. Then we get the classic route opening Beverly Thrills. Then we come back from the video with Mr. McMahon welcoming, welcoming us to Monday Night Raw with Mabel already in the ring with his theme song playing in the background. Oh my gosh, so much in the background through like the whole beginning. <laughs> this, this isn't the Vince first... and Shaw totally in the green screen while it's playing. I know, I noted that too. And this isn't the first time in this series that the Raw opens up and we already hear somebody's theme song playing in the background. <laughs> yes. What'd you love? Yes. Then, yeah, like you said, Vincent Sean in front of a green screen in the, in the rundown we'll see on Raw tonight. The take team title rematch from last week. A two-man yep. battle royal. And Vince McMahon sends it to Shawn Michaels. Michaels put over that he won the Royal Rumble 1995 match. He's going to WrestleMania 11. Yes, and you can totally tell that this is the back end of a taping because we got jobber matches. We got rematches from last week we got a king's court all this stuff so yeah, yeah. so yeah then uh, DiBiase grabs a mic and says something which we really couldn't hear because McMahon and Michaels wouldn't shut up for we could hear what he said according to McMahon DiBiase is going over the rules for the match and okay. times like this I know I mentioned this before on this series so far I hate it when Stuff like this happens even nowadays that the announcers wouldn't shut up to you before we can hear whoever has a mic has something to say. Yeah, it didn't take too long, but you're right. I was like, man, are they going to talk over the whole thing? Yeah, I th- pretty much they did too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they shut they shut up pretty quick. But then uh, how much? Yeah, this is a two man battle royal between Mabel and King Kong Bundy. Yeah, so weird. So Beverly. What's your thoughts on a two-man battle royal? Um, I well, I thought this one was terrible. <laughs> Not going to argue with you about that. <laughs> um, do I think it would ever have potential? No, because because <laughs> the 
the old, I mean, the good thing about the rumble and what makes the rumble like watchable isn't like when two people are fighting to eliminate each other. It's really for me. It's waiting for the next person to come out. Uh, and yeah, see who build up the suspense to see what next person is. Exactly. So I mean, like the and especially with two big guys or whatever, it's just them pushing on each other near the ropes for the whole time. And, you know, where's the the fun, enjoyment, whatever, of that? It's like if you and I were trying to eliminate each other over in the Royal Rumble match, Beverly. Exactly. Exactly. So I know we, I think on one of those two editions of SmackDown, probably the f- fourth edition that we reviewed, how there was a five-man Royal Rumble match on that episode. What, right. What do you think was better, that that five-man Royal Rumble or this two-man battle royal? Um, probably the five, <clears throat> the five ones better just because there's more people. Okay, I guess it also builds suspense on not knowing who number three, four, and five are. Right. Yeah, exactly. Then, uh, yeah, I felt like uh, for the start of the match that this is a typical big man match at the start with Bundy trying to spill Mabel over the top rope with no luck. Yeah. Just so much just like pushing at each other. Um I just I just said it was like two hippos butt bumping. They just walk <laughs> over to the ropes and push on each other for the extent of the whole thing. Um the crowd did chant Womb There it is to energize Mabel, which I do which I did like and appreciate. <laughs> Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Oh, I'm going to push him over, and now it's time to push him. Shouldn't it be the salt and pepper sun? Push it real good. <laughs> that would probably be more appropriate. You're probably right. <laughs> but I don't, uh, during the during the match, how long? I think after a, yeah, after a missed elbow drop from Mabel, Michaels yes. questions if both of them could have lasted 45 minutes of the Royal Rumble match like him. Yeah, well, and I would agree with him, I guess. But the thing is, in the 1995 Royal Rumble match, Shawn Michaels did not last 45 minutes. Yeah. He did not even last 40 minutes. Okay. Anyway, do you have any notes besides uh, uh, other than that before the finish? No, not before the finish. Okay. IRS and Tatanka ran in at you know at the ending and uh, helped King Kong Buddy to eliminate Mabel. Then uh, okay. the, the three men had a tough time at... And all that, you know, right, you know, which can't complain since Mabel's 500 plus or so pounds. Then uh, right yeah, when right. they're about to eliminate him, Moe and Lux Luger ran in to save him, but they were a little too late. What losers, Beverly Hills. Ding. So the winner of the match is our favorite from world-class championship wrestling, King Khan Bundy. Yes. <laughs> yes, our favorite from world class. You got it. I rated this match one one thousandth of a star. This match is negative five hundred stars. <laughs> I always I thought about giving this a dud, Beverly Hills, but I wanted to be nice. Oh, awful. This was a slow and boring match. Losers. Oh so my gosh, Vince, it's an awful match. So Vince McMahon sends us to the to the Bammer, and they talk about the tag team um, title match from the Rumble. Bammer said that the kid had his lucky day that day. 
The million-dollar corporation right. left him alone, and their crowd was making fun of him at his expense. And McMahon said that they paid their money so they can do that. Side mm-hmm. note, McMahon should remember that in 2015. Back yeah, to, yes, exactly. Back to 1995, McMahon asked <laughs> Bam Bam, why single out Lawrence Taylor? Bam yes. Bam says that uh, he was having more fun than the rest of the crowd. Bammer felt disrespected from LT for laughing in his face, then trying to shake his hand. Bammer I got it. Said, I, got it. I, I took some quotes. Yeah. This is more fun than just reading what he says. We got to come on. We got to put a little more into okay. it. Give us some quotes, Bammer. Lawrence Taylor put me at a low level. He put his hand up. If a man puts his hand up to shake his hand, you don't laugh in his face. I was going to apologize, but I don't care. I'm not sorry. I should have shoved him harder. I don't care about the suspension. There you go. Bam. As I say, I felt like this was, this was a pretty good uh, interview from Bam Bam. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. I would agree with you. And like you said, that uh, Bam Bam said that he ain't going to make an apology because he doesn't feel right about it and he doesn't care about his 30-day suspension. He said dignity and pride are on, and honor are on the pride are on the line, and Bam Bam challenged Lawrence Taylor to a match. And McMahon seemed completely shocked and stunned about that. Yes. Yes, he did. Then we get another green screen shot with Vince and Sean in front of the crowd at their announcer's table. Mm-hmm. Then we get your favorite, Hakushi, taking on, I swear, Tito Santana's cousin or somebody like that, Ricky <laughs> Santana. I even wrote my man Hakushi versus Ricky Santana. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, Beverly Hills, who yes. is Ricky Santana? Ricky Santana is the guy who wrestled a lot in Puerto Rico and also um, had a lot of time as a WWF jobber. Okay. I do not think there's any relation to El Matador. Okay, is there any relation to the musician Santana? I hope so. <laughs> Carlos Santana? I hope I hope that it's Carlos Santana's brother. I hope that it's Carlos Santana. Is there, any, ch- is there any chance, Gorilla, that Ricky Santana was down in Tijuana making tacos? Oh, my. Oh, let's let's just move past that. Let's, let's make this match a happening, Gorilla. So Ricky Santana has, like, a insanely fierce mullet it looks like just short hair and then it just explodes into a ponytail off of that i love it though and he starts out hot with a uh flying cross body right off the right off the jump and uh um let's see where do i go from here but then hakushi comes back with a good enzigiri uh, lots of kicks from Hakushi to Ricky Santana. Um, then HBK and Vince get into a holy shit insufferable debate over whether <laughs> Hakushi's manager's name is Sinja or Shinja. I did. Oh my gosh. I who write, the hell cares? Beverly, I did write down from my notes about that spot. The announcers oh, try to pronounce Hakushi's shit. manager's name. Sounds like something you and I would discuss. <laughs> you got it. Here we are. And I, I did take down a couple other notes about you know what Michaels and McMahon were saying. I know Michaels did put himself over Hakushi for not winning the Rumble like Michaels did. Yes. Then, well, uh, he wasn't in it. Fair enough, yeah. Then uh, Hakushi was uh, 
giving Santana a lot of chops, and McMahon put that over. Yep, yep. And yeah, yeah. And they trade chops for a while too. Yeah. I did want to ask you. To me, it seemed like Santana was an out of shape knockoff of Ricky's Steamboat. Okay, I can well, see that. Okay, because I want kind of want to ask you if that. he was supposed to be, but you kind of already explained that. Yeah, he was a Puerto Rican wrestler, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, he's kind of in the same vein, I guess, as, like, Ricky Steamboat. Well, I just wanted, I wanted to mention that. that, so. Sure. And I know one, um, th- one thing I did appreciate about uh, this match was how Hakushi seemed to give Santana a chance to fight back a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but, man, like, he's... Ricky Santana should not have had that chance, in my opinion. Yeah, understandable. Right. I don't know. Um... What do you call that suplex that Hakushi did to set up his kind of the finish? Was it like the, I don't remember offhand, but was it like the slingshot suplex that? No, it's like a, it was like a side thing. It was actually what Shawn Michaels called the teardrop suplex when he was, when it it was his finish. I don't know what that's called. I guess it became like a side suplex. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, that's what I wrote. So that looked cool. And I know it has a name, but I can't think of it. And he hit that, and then he goes up top for. I thought that was going to be the finish, but he, it was just a flying shoulder block. And then he does the real finish, so you can take one. Yeah, over a that. flying shoulder block from Akushi, then a body slam, then a cartwheel somersault flip, and a victory. Yeah, like a handspring moonsault. The winner is Hakushi, and I ready this match, one half of a star. Oh! Gosh! Straight through the heart. Actually, I wrote, you know, this one's not Hakushi's best. He he either needs somebody that he can, like, well, what he really needs is someone who can, like, play along with him yeah. and, like, do do keep up with him and uh, either do his style or either is, like, worthy to. And Ricky Santana just can't. It's almost like they were trying to, like what you said, where he's just kind of like a knockoff of a good wrestler, but he's just not, and he's trying to catch up and he just isn't. So yeah, I can't, you know, I can't really disagree with you. This isn't Hakushi's best. I would only go like star and a quarter. Fair enough. Then we see a PowerPoint slide for a commercial break. WWF <laughs> team title match, smoking guns versus one, two, three, Kim Bob Holly that we'll see later on the night. Then we get yes. another plug for encore plus. I guess it's happening. God, this one's so long. Yeah, I know. That's happening the night after on Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Pacific. And they, and they plug it, plug stills of the WWF title match. Then some yep. intercontinental title match. Then uh, I thought this was this was better pl- better plug for Encore Plus than we'd had last week. Yes, I agree. And then, so what was with that really weird, like, um, clip of Roddy Piper like laying in the grass <laughs> I don't know <laughs> and he's like ah, ah, ah. he's like talking I don't know what he said but it was just like him sitting in the grass it was so strange I guess it reminds me weirdest of, part it reminds me of I think the go home edition of Rob before the rumble where we had that uh, Royal Rumble commercial with everybody on the beach and how Diesel walks oh, on the beach yes reminds me of that I was. I thought maybe you were gonna see there was a clip of Roddy Piper laying on the grass. No. 
But yeah, then they show some stills of IRS versus the Undertaker, some stills of the Royal Rumble match, and Michaels took over. You know, explained you know about the Royal Rumble match. McMahon explained about the other matches, and like like you said last week, Beverly Hills. You guys want our opinion, but what happened at the Royal Rumble match or the pay per view in general? That happened two podcasts ago, so get our opinions on that. Exactly. So then we get the next match: Aldo Matoya. Versus yes. David Sierra? Sierra. Sierra. Who yes. is David Sierra? So David Sierra is a long, long time wrestler. He man, he's wrestled forever in, in the eighties and into the nineties. Really long time um kind of jobber slash indie kind of star. He was he's one of those that's kind of right on the edge. He wrestled for most of the time with variations of this name and also Cuban Assassin. A lot of times he went by, I'm sure you've seen matches with Cuban Assassin. And then sometimes he went by the name of Fidel Sierra too. And he's just one of those kind of big bruiser guys that can be brought in to kind of look tough. Um, Another guy who kind of, I think had some success in Puerto Rico, kind of like Ricky Santana. I wonder if them coming in was kind of a, combo deal maybe um and yeah just kind of along that line did you ever watch oh no it was before your time right you kind of started rest started watching wrestling like when like late 90s right around this time okay did you ever watch the awf did you ever hear that aw show no not no not the awf that you watch now no the other (laughs) awf no so there was like this weird um promotion that they had well so their big thing was that they had rounds instead of like just a one fall something about that and it's got like tito santana as the star and sergeant slaughter and something something about that like it it did yeah it failed right away because the promoter was selfish or something like that yeah yeah, I mean that's kind of the story of a lot of these like kind of failed ones, right? Yeah. Um, and anyways, he was like one of their lead heels. So. Okay, that makes sense. Now, I did want to ask you your thoughts, uh, David Sierra's tights. Well, I like that they had a cute star on the middle, and I think they were kind of supposed to look like the Cuban flag because it reminded me a lot of the Heart Foundation's attire. Early or mid mid eighties, mid to late eighties, were before Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart got on the pink and black days. So I think one of the, I think maybe WrestleMania two they had that teal and black attire. And it right, made me exactly. Think, made me think a lot of their tights. You okay? Yep. So, yep. I would agree with you. Sure. So I just wanted to. But they didn't have that cool star. No. Well, they just had hearts. Don't mess with the star, man. Beverly, I won't mess with your star if you don't break my heart. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. So, I'll, so yeah. And don't go breaking my heart. I, could I won't if go I breaking tried. your star. <laughs> <laughs> so I can let you get into the match, Beverly Thrills. Okay. So first off, I got a bone to pick with Shawn Michaels like I usually do. Um... Okay, I know that Portuguese man of war that he kind of sucks, right? Yeah. 
It, it is what it is. But therefore, he needs all the help he can get. And Shawn Michaels are at the top being like, oh, looks like he has a jockstrap on his head. Really? We all know that it looks like he has a jockstrap on his head. Do you need to bring attention to it? Oh, oh, oh looks like he has a jockstrap on his head. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, awesome. Way, way to go. Way to bury the guy who's just, like, trying to start out here. Um, anyways, this is a pretty quick one. Sierra starts out strong, which I do think is a good idea. You know, he's the bigger guy. Knocks him down, but weird, like, dumbly, he goes up to the top rope, and Montoya throws him off. Um, he does one of those cool, like, Bruce Lee double chops. Yes. <laughs> to Sierra that knocks him down. And, uh, yeah, pretty short match. Goes right to the finish there. Um, Aldo goes up top. Kind, it was kind of a flying what a maneuver. He, like, <laughs> he like jumped off backwards. Did kind of a bulldog a little bit. <laughs> and that was the finish. What did you call it? To be honest, I missed the finish, Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. Because I was doing some dirty research. Oh, what was your dirty research on? Yeah, Michaels McMahon was talking about what we'll see at WWF oh. Action Zone this weekend. Oh, okay. Owen Hart will be looking up Action Zone. Owen Hart will be challenging Diesel for the WWF title on Sunday on Action Zone. Okay. So I missed the finish. Because I was searching the interwebs for that match. Okay. In Beverly Hills, I found that match on Daily Motion. Okay, did you watch it? I haven't watched yet because I wanted to ask you. I think it's only like a 12-minute clip or so. Would you be interested in adding that to next week's episode for we can re- finally review a Diesel match? <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, if, if not, I sometimes wonder if we will ever review a diesel match. Well, I guess a diesel on TV match. Sure. Okay, because if okay, because I can send you the send you the link via email. Because if not, I was gonna say I'll be up for reviewing it myself. Then you know, talking about it, and you can give your random thoughts. But I did find that link because I guess it would have been on uh, Sunday, February 5th, 1995. So I found found it. The video quality wasn't that great, but (laughs) whatever. At least I found it. I know we were talking a lot about last few podcasts about Diesel not being on Monday Night Raw. So he was on Action Zone. I wanted to find that match before we can review it. Perfect. So So we will review that. So the winner was Aldo Matoya. I read this match at Dave Meltzer's famous Doug Beverly Hills. Uh, I I gotta give this a quarter star. Yeah, like you said, I don't think David Sierra was really the best opponent for Aldo. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. So one. then we go to uh, the locker room of the Forty ers Yes, and they said they're going to WrestleMania. No, well, you, come on. Okay, just throw this one to me. Come on. Beverly Hills, what did the 49ers say? All right, well, what was the whole team? So they go up to Ken Norton Jr.'s locker, okay? Ken Norton Jr. was a linebacker. He was a really good player. They said 
and he must have caught this. He, because he was with the Cowboys previous to being with the 49ers, he actually won the last three Super Bowls. Did he? So, yeah, so he was the only player that had done that at that time. I don't know if that's ever happened, but, yeah, so he's won three in a row at that point. And um, then they, they go, where are you going? Are you going to Disneyland? He goes, I'm going to WrestleMania. <laughs> then, uh, they, then they told us to call her. To call Ticketmaster for our tickets. Yes. They, they didn't put the number up, so oh, I didn't write it down. Disappointing, man. I know. But you know what? You want to know something that isn't disappointing? D- tell me. I was taking a quick break where we can catch our breath, Beverly Hills. Let's do it. So, guys, we'll be right back here at Benny Vinton Saturday Studio. We're going to take a quick break where we can catch our breath. We'll be right back. All right. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I'm the dog Stimus here with Dusty Hills, not plugging my trucks, not plugging my Jeeps, but plugging Burdick's Pepsi. Oh, dog Stimus, you know, when I get down to your car emporium, I don't even know what you're going to have for me. Is it going to be Jeeps, Dusty Hills? Oh, no, talking about my trucks today. No, today we're talking about the Pepsi, brother. We're talking about the the Mountain Dew, all the great Pepsi products. You know, I don't know why St. Cloud State got rid of the Pepsi, brother, because the dog Stamis is the best Pepsi deliverer in the planet. Woo, talk about it, Stamis. Screw Coca-Cola, <laughs> screw Middle Yellow, Pepsi is the way to go. Here we are for the King's Court. We're back. You're listening to Main Event Status Radio. I'm the Mr. Beverly Hills. I got the Dirty Dog Darcy. Uh, or should I say Mr. Mister Darcy in the King's Court. He's coming out. Tell us about the King's Court, buddy. Sounded like the crowd was chanting Burger King, Burger <laughs> King, when Mr. Bob Backlund was on his way down to the ring, Beverly Hills. Yes. Then uh, the, pretty much the, the Backlund and Lawler went back and forth on Lawler at questioning Backlund if he could put the cross hits on anyone. Backlund won't let, let go until his opponent yells out, I quit, Master, Mr. Backlund. Mm-hmm. Backlund. Right, yeah, that's that's kind of how it starts is that they're going to uh, – Backlund, whatever, is introducing this new thing that he's not going to let go till they say, I quit, Mr. Backlund. Then Backlund mumbles and you know says that you know he won't let go of his cross-faced chicken wing until his opponent says, I quit, Mr. Backlund. While yep. he repeats back, what Backlund says and adds more stuff, then Lawler mm-hmm. keeps on saying if you – if you something along the lines of if you put the cross face on anybody except me, you won't let go. Well, they, well, they keep they keep going like Backlund will say, "Well, I can put it on anybody. I can put it on Hitman Hard. I can put it on Diesel, whatever." And then Lawler, yeah, goes, "Oh, you can put it on anybody. I mean, not me, but you can put it on anybody else." So yeah, that was getting uh, Backlund uh, flustered and all that enough. Yep, kind of riled up. Yeah, and Backlund just walked out. Then, uh, and all that. Then no, he didn't. No, 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 no. Tell us what happened, Beverly. Since <laughs> I got so since I got this mixed up, he first he puts it on King because he gets so riled up. 
And he has it on him for like half a second before um, Lawler says, I quit Mr. Backlund. So Backlund, like the man of the word, man of his word, he is, he leaves and he's gonna, he lets go of the home. He walks to the back. And then that's when Lawler kind of backtracks. And he, he says that he was actually saying that he, yeah, I quit the interview. So then he comes back, but before he is able to make it to Lawler, Lawler runs away. Then mentions that Bret Hart's coming down, which, which yeah. made back there to turn around, and which gave Lawler a chance to run away. Yes, exactly. Then we go to a pre-taped interview with Pamela Anderson when she was walking out of the Rumble when with Michaels' theme song playing in the background. Yes. Did you catch what she said? Because I missed it, Beverly. Um. Not especially, just that she was, ha- you know, having a great time or whatever, and she was sure. excited to come back for WrestleMania. It surely didn't seem like she was having a good time. No, not at the event itself or during the during this little clip. Did it sound like she was having a good time? Which I guess I really can't. Which I guess I really can't blame her though. Well, if you're not into it, you're not into it. It's like you at the Super Bowl. Yes, I was just. You know, thinking if it's that. not something that like is your it's your deal. Yes. Then we get another video package of the Rumble pay-per-view, and they put over Encore Plus with Roddy Piper, which will air the next night. Is this another interview on the grass thing? Yes. And Beverly, <laughs> talk about the talk about the grass thing. It's only apropos that we finally get to the Viking Coca-Cola presents. The main event match for the night. I swear, if we ever had like a side shoot interview about the the soda wars of St. Cloud, my number one guest would be you. Because you know more about the soda scene of St. Cloud, Minnesota than anyone else I know. Why would you say that, Mr. Beverly Hills? Because you've been on the front lines, man, of the soda war. What can I say, Jack? I was there... And I survived. <laughs> you made it through the soda wars. Yes. So yeah, this. Have you is ever a, worked on? Have you ever worked on the blue side of the blue versus red, or just the red side? Just, just the red. Okay, that's I'm not, what I I'm not gonna lie. I have applied and been interviewed multiple times on the blue side. Ah. Oh. Just haven't made made it. I haven't made it past a second interview. So. Ah. Oh. But Sorry, what dude. can you do? So well, this is got it. the All next right. match. So let's talk about the main event. Sorry, the friend. WWF Tag Team Champions of the World. <laughs> the Smoking Guns, the champions, take yep. on the former guy, champions, who guys, the guys they defeated earlier in the night, and the tapings, <laughs> the guys who we, the match we saw last week, the one, two, three kid, and Bob Holly. Yes. And Beverly okay. Hills. I have... I need to talk to you about a typo that I almost typed out during this match. Awesome. Tell me about it. How we were t- originally talked about that if we were ever a take team, we would be called the Beverly Bodies. Yes, the Beverly Bodies, yes. And then last week we talked about, you know, we would also first we really debuted as the Beverly Bodyguards for Shawn <laughs> Guards, Michaels. yes, yes. I almost typed out the smoking funds. <laughs> I was thinking. The we, smoking funds. We, I love it. We can be introduced 
on WWE TV as the jobber tape team as the smoking funds. Here's a, here's a, <laughs> I love this idea of like combining folks, then making new tag team names. Just one of my passions, by the way, <laughs> would a tag team of IRS and Bart Gunn be called the smoking funds. F U N D S. That would make sense. Get out the money, the smoking funds. Yes. <laughs> well, I was thinking it- would would doink the clown, and one of the guns be called the what would they be called? The rodeo clowns. The joking guns. <laughs> <laughs> so, w- what would the smoking funds tag team be if the, that would the, ever be a tag team? The fu- FUNS or FUNDS? FUNS. Uh, probably like Bart Gun and, um, gosh, probably just like some really boring. Boink. Probably like one, two, three kid. Makes sense. But yeah, that made me laugh. That each time I wanted to type out guns, I put in funds. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would be a good jobber, uh, good jobber take team for us to get it onto WWE TV, be the smoking funds. <laughs> Then we can lose a lot, then be out written off TV for a while, come back as a Beverly bodyguards, then be kicked off, be, you know, be you know, turn on our they got on our boss and become the, the Beverly bodies. Awesome, awesome. Then uh, I know I, one of the first things I noted about the match was Michaels put over the put, put both take teams over, or say, saying that they should be thankful that for Michaels ditching Diesel, because if not, yep. they wouldn't be fighting for the tag titles, and McMahon questioned right. that. Well, technically, he's right. That is true, yeah, but I, I, it made me laugh that Michaels mentioned that, and I wanted to put that in my notes. Right on. I'm with it. Okay, so Kid starts out quick against uh, Billy. A lot of quick jumping kicks and all of that. Chases Billy to the corner. Uh Bart jumps in, but he <clears throat> gets a double drop kick, which looked really good uh, by both Holly and Kid. Um, let's see. Holly and Kid took over for a while uh, on Bart, and that kind of leads us to the first break. Anything in that first section? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I did note that there's nice double team work from the challengers. Uh-huh. Bart, yep. Bart used one, two, three kids hair against them. Yes, uh-huh. I wrote that down as well. They also noted that uh, Guns were doing some quick tags, which I really enjoy. Oh, yeah, that's always good stuff. Then, yeah, we go to a commercial break and we come back. And I can't remember exactly where McMahon said this, but he was calling Bob Holly a two-sport superstar. Oh, he loved saying that back in the day. That was, like, one of his favorite things to say. Yeah, well, I guess I, you know, this was one of the first times I remember, at least I can remember... Hearing McMahon say that, I wanted to sure, mention that. Sure. That Bob Holly's a two sport superstar. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. Oh, I also want to ask you, too, before we uh, continue on the match after the break. Granted, I know they aren't real cowboy boots, but how hard, uh, would, it, how hard would it be to wrestle in actual cowboy boots? I don't know. I mean, who. I thought I heard somebody talking about it. I think it was Lance Storm. But he said that the upper part didn't really matter. Like that you could use a cowboy boot top or you could use – like he used wrestling shoe tops 
or you could use anything. And as long as you like traded out the real soul for like that thick rubber soul, then it yeah. didn't really matter. It was just whatever was comfortable to you. Okay. So, so like, cause well, sorry, uh, sorry for interrupting you, but no, no problem. We, we talked about it. This, I think off air before, I think one of the last times we hung out, hung out with, I think it was Barry Windham. How uh, one of the we hung out with Barry Windham one time, or it was Barry Windham, or no, uh, you, I, <laughs> I said we we hung out with Barry. Windham. No, we we hung out. And we watched a Barry Windham match. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Got and, it. Uh, and he was wearing. You, know, you can tell that he cut out the soles right. of the cowboy boots and all that. We were talking about that then, and for some reason, I was looking at the smoking guns as wrestling boots and all that. You can tell it's. You know, it was it was, uh, it was actually wrestling boots that made it look like cowboy boots, and yes, just made me think about that and wanted to bring that up because, you know, if I remember correctly, real cowboy boots, you know, the bottoms are like slick, have no traction. Yeah, right. I just assume that that's really make hard it, too. Yeah, just make it slip. You know, extremely slippery on a wrestling mat. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at. Anytime somebody tries to wrestle in like dress shoes, yeah. it's too successful. Or when, um, that time when mankind was like with the with the corporate corporation, and he had like those dress shoes, yeah, dress shoes things, and he was slipping all over. Yeah, but I just wanted to wanted to ask. Right on, right on. Um. Okay, so after the break, the faces, or I guess like quasi faces, Kid and uh, Holly are in control. But then, um, oh, I, I have that Holly nutted Bart on his knee, but I believe Bart nutted Holly on his knee. And then they were both down. And that's when <clears throat> Shawn Michaels said that he is the, the Deion Sanders of the WWF. <laughs> and then he quoted pieces of Deion Sanders' terrible rap song. And I, I wanted to get the lyrics and say some of the Deion Sanders rap song lyrics. Maybe I'll pull them up right now. You can keep talking about the match. Okay. Go for it. Yeah, I, I pretty much uh, noted that the kid, when the kid got a quick tag, you know, he seemed like a house of fire and took took to both guns. Uh, he hit a nice nice kick to the back of yeah, Bart side, I think it was against the Gary spot you mentioned. Yes. Did he, he try to hit a somersault from the top rope, which he missed, and Bart taked in Billy. I guess this is pretty much the finish. Then, uh, yeah, Billy came okay, in his okay, before we get to his yeah. Let me talk about myself for a minute. Okay. Diamond <laughs> Rolex with cool. gators on my feet. I got two pair for every day of the week. My hair is done. My fingernails, too. Six buttons down, and I don't know what to do. Limousines in first class I fly. I'm living large, and you know I can't deny. A drop top bends when I'm with my lady friends. My truck's a six four with my homies making ends. Must be the money. <laughs> Beverly. So bad. Would Mrs. Hills approve of you having lady friends like that? <laughs> it's just her, I guess. Good. That's what I like to hear. And if I make a better mansion on my land, pools, jacuzzis, and my neighbors can't stand. The way I live is also fat. I got one lady, and prime time is all that. 
I was going to say, you only need one lady. Mrs. Hills is a great lady, Beverly. Dion says two ladies, but I only have one lady. And you only need, Mrs. Hills makes up for two ladies, Beverly. <laughs> She's that great. All right, you got it. Okay, so we're going to the finish. So, yeah, like uh, I was mentioning, that uh, yeah, a kid tried to hit a somersault from the top rope, missed it. Bart tagged in Billy. Billy was going to attack him, but the kid was selling Selling it pretty good, you know, from the miss, like he had a concussion or something like that. I didn't like it. Same here. It's kind of creepy. I don't know. And then we go to a commercial break, and there's medics in the ring, and we go to another quick commercial break, and we come back. <coughs> McMahon tells us that the kid just got up during a commercial break and is just fine. Yeah, how weird was that? I mean, like, they like, go from seriously, like, acting acting as if he is like has a broken neck and then he comes back and Vince is smiling. And he's like, ha, 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 he just got up. And so I guess what do you, uh, would it be okay if we assume that the smoking guns won? The, the announcer said that they won. Okay. And yeah. I had a tough time reading this match because of that, of that ending Beverly. Oh well, it was a it was a bad ending. It was and it was super weird when uh, you know Vince comes back with whatever. <laughs> like ah, you just walked off. Well, I did rate this match okay. one one star up to that ending. Okay, oh, well, I'd go a little better than that. I'd probably go two and a quarter, but yeah. But well, I I guess the ending just, especially you know, if you guys want to play something, play an angle like that serious. That's one thing, but then the the just coming back and. Playing it off just bothered me a lot. Yeah, you got to just go all with it. Yeah, just go. Yeah, go all with it. Not start it out and oh, go back, go back on it, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Then we get the next match, the actual main event of the night: Kama Chameleon versus Jumbo <laughs> Beretta. Oh my gosh. Tell me about Jumbo Beretta. You you tell me what he looks like, or just describe him. His he looks like he's wearing Jim Neidhart's old turquoise tights. And he oh looks, God! Except he's like the fattest thing ever. He looks like an egg, bigger than Bundy's egg. <laughs> you love the egg comparison. Oh God, he looked awful. He. Yeah, he was horrible. <laughs> so, I'm trying to find information about Jumbo Beretta. Fair enough, but I guess when you do that, Jumbo looked like he was maybe a stereotypical balding 45-year-old man over, who was <laughs> overweight. Uh, I think that was accurate. Well, I guess that's what he looked like, and, and he kind of... His body type ways remind me of King Kong Bundy, but with hair but terrible. and a little bit bigger. <coughs> oh, but way slower, you know, just really bad in every way. Yes. All right. So in this man, I I thought, man, I thought I don't know. Did this like derail comma for me? Because I thought if you would have put him against like a little skinny jobber, he would have looked so much better. Because when he's like kicking on on Beretta and stuff, and um, 
you know, throwing them around. It looks really good. But when you're literally, fi- you know, fighting against a, you know, 400 pound sack of crap, <laughs> it's yeah. not going to look as good. And he's just like having trouble with him. And, um, you know, he's not selling as well as I think he'd want. I don't know. I just think they couldn't have picked a worse person for comma to uh debut against i know, I know there were a couple of moves that comma did which i was kind of surprised at with how big jumbo beretta was and right comma hit a body slam which surprised yep. me yeah that he also really hit good. a belly-to-belly suplex yeah and that one looked even better and i know between those two spots comma hit put on a chin lock mm-hmm. and the crowd did not care Oh my gosh! No, they did not. Which I put down the crowd and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. It was tough because it was just like uh, slow. It went on too long. It was so, just bad. So it was just bad all around. The ending came when Kama put on the STF on Jumbo. Yeah. <laughs> And that looked like crap too. He needed to do be- do a better job of putting on the STF because there was a lot of space yeah. there. Okay, uh, it looked S- bad. Since you're saying that Kyle had a, a horrible looking STF, and it's known that John Cena does a crappy STF as well. <laughs> Whose STF is crappier, Kama or Cena? Oh God, Kama by a long mile, oh. long mile. So Kama is the winner in Beverly. What do you rate this match? What did I rate the the first one, the Bundy and Mabel? Bro, five something? stars or something like that? No, I think it was in the thousands. Something, um, something like that. This one is negative 237,000 stars. So how, I think it was last week, Michael was singing a song about comma, 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 chameleon. Yes. I was seeing my rating, Beverly. Da 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 da. <laughs> must be the daddy. Must be the daddy. <laughs> yes, I'm not a big fan of negative stars, but I guess I'll echo your negative star rating for this match too, Beverly. <laughs> then McMahon hurried. Bad. McMahon hurried up because he only had like a couple of seconds to and do all the plugs that he had for the night. Then McMahon yeah. told us to watch Encore Plus tomorrow night on with Piper. And come back to come back next week for Raw. Okay. So that I guess that's Monday Night Raw. Beverly, do you have any overall thoughts on the Raw that we just reviewed? This one was the first one in all of the series that we've done that was really bad, in my opinion. Yeah, because I had a tough time watching this too because i think this was like yeah. what, four or five matches that we that we watched and i remember i think up starting the take team title match i was like holy crap how much more time do we have left i think we had like 15 minutes left up to i think start right on the starting of the take title match I'm like holy <laughs> crap this feels like it's taken forever yeah i'd say this you know this was the really bad one it and you know it just didn't have any really redeeming matches. They were all short. They were all bad. Even like the King's Court wasn't very good. And the Didn't title, have a lot of like substance. The Tate title match 
One thing I enjoyed about it this week compared to last week was it was shorter, which I appreciate, but I do feel like in ways last week's tag team title match was better than this week's. Sure. Yeah. Well, I would say unequivocally last week's was better. Yeah. So we might as well take a final break, and we'll be back on Main Event Status Radio with the Indian. Yes. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. I like the way he struts. Grandmother. There is no other. Grandmother. So treat her right. Grandmother. I always love her. Grandmother. So treat her right. Treat her right. She is. Fit for the moan and the miserable groan from the pain that she felt when I was alone. Always for the oven with the burning heat. Where she stood making sure I had something to eat. Hey. It's for the time that she stayed up at night And took my temperature when I wasn't feeling right And it's for the hard-earned money she spent To keep clothes on my back and try to pay the rent And it's every wrinkle I put on a face And every worry that I caused when I stayed out late The last letter Why? that she taught me respect And for the room up in heaven that I know she'll get Grandmother. There is no other. Grandmother. So treat her right. Grandmother. I always love her. Grandmother. So treat her right. Bye, Granny. Bye, Granny. And we're back with the thrilling conclusion. Made it on Status Radio. The thrilling, the chilling conclusion with the two villains. Beverly, my jobber of the night has to be the guy we were just talking about. Jumbo. Combo or Jumbo Barretta? Jumbo Barretta. Okay. I do Um, not want to look like him when I get his age, Beverly. Oh, my gosh. Neither do I. (laughs) Okay. My, Okay. My real jobber is Jumbo Barretta, but I will give a... Um, honorable mention and like just running jobber of the night to Diesel again. Toot, toot. So uh, real jobber of the night, Jumbo Beretta. Um, still can't handle that Diesel's not on the show. Think it's ridiculous. Understandable. And at least we'll be talking about Diesel being on Action Zone next week on Raw. Well, it's next yeah, week with a Raw review. Shoot. Apparently he's on Action Zone, not never on like the real show. Yeah, I know, right? My main event star tonight has to be Mr. Backland. Because he, because he was wacky. He was mumbling. <laughs> if I ever start losing my mind, I hope I become very similar to Mr. Backland. I quit, Mr. Dirty Dog. I quit. And I would love to walk around work and say, tell people I can slap on the crossfade chicken weed on anybody at any time, and I won't let go until they say, I quit, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> or I quit, Mr. Dog. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Oh my gosh, what? Who is my main event in the show? Is so bad. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow. 
he did cut a pretty awesome promo. I think that's my only choice. Not a bad choice, Beverly. I th- I thought Backlund was a good choice too. So the on- the only problem that I guess I have with like even I guess even the conclusion of inclusion, sorry, of like the Backlund King's Court thing is that it's really of no consequence. Like do do him and Lawler ever face each other? You know do do him and you know is he back in the title picture? I don't know. So yeah. I don't know, but so, we'll, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. At least it was entertaining. Yeah. I know I do have some uh, questions for the past or present segment, Beverly Hills. All right, hit me, man. With Raw being three hours nowadays, and comparing it to the Raw we, we, we've been watching lately, okay. do you feel like it would work? That's a, you know, if we would line up three, hour, three of these one-hour Raws together, how would we see... No, roughly two to three jower matches and a mid card to a main event mid event level match. Do you feel like it would work with Raw nowadays that we let's say every hour you would get two to three jower matches and a mid card to mid event mid event status level match? We repeat that for three hours. Do you think that would work? I guess I don't really. I don't know about the equation that you're talking. I guess like, I know that really doesn't make sense. But I guess no, it doesn't at all. <laughs> I guess like every hour there's like one, maybe one mid card to the you know one, you know match you know from the mid card or the mid events mid eventers that are that's decent that we get two to three jobber matches. Well, that'd be too, way too many matches. That'd be Fair way enough. too many matches. That'd be. Twelve matches per raw. Well, I guess we do. You want to watch twelve matches per raw? I guess maybe like three. Well, I guess yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I guess maybe that's uh, crazy. I don't know. I guess it was just an equation I was trying to figure out last night after work. Okay, I get what you, I kind of get what you're saying. The old, here's why I don't think it'd work. Obviously, there'd be way too many matches, and then. I think what they're also, you know, with the 95 rods or whatever, they're still trying to, like, promote the main event feud, the, you know, next level feud, whatever. So there'd be way too many, like, steps from each feud, I guess, would be the only thing. I guess it makes sense. I guess to tie in with the next question, do you feel like jobber matches would help out nowadays? Oh, extremely. I I think that is one of the things that one of the very first things I would do to change the current product would be include jobber matches. I think they would help so much yeah. in in getting over new talent, in showcasing moves, in making sure that the people you uh, want to push but who aren't the best in-ring competitors look good. I think, like I said, that would be the very first thing I would do. And it it would limit uh, – sorry, another thing is that it would limit those matchups that we see, you know, 40 times. And then, and then they want to come back and try to say, well, this time it matters. This time it's on a pay-per-view. Well, I, I've seen it 10 times over the last three months on Raw. Why yeah. do I care? Well, I guess that's what I was trying to get with my first question. Yes. I feel okay. like jobber I matches would help 
things out. You know, we don't need to do, you know, two, three, four jobber matches and a main event status match or whatever. I just feel like jobbers nowadays would help things out because, like you said, that it's getting old seeing, let's say, the Usos versus Goldust and Stardust oh for the millionth time. Or- thousand, thousand percent. In the in the tag team division is where it is most even, like you can see it the most, is because there are always there usually are only two or three they're showcasing, so they keep having yeah. them face each other. Or Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt a million times in a bunch yep. of different gimmick matches, or Randy Orton versus John Cena. It would be nice to have... A different kind of match, you know, different, you know, different kind of matches with jobbers and all that. Do like you said, showcase the moves, you know, to put the mid eventers out there and have them give them a match, but not against somebody that would damage them, like a jobber. Mm-hmm. Yep, so I'm guess, totally with you on that one. So I guess that's one of the past to present that like needs to happen. Yeah, I guess we kind of talked about this before off and on, but do you feel like WWE should look outside? of wrestling nowadays as competition to help bring up the product. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this. Yes, they should. Yep. Okay. We've, I think this has been a past to present before. Yeah. <laughs> and do you feel like WWE should do its own podcast? As in, I guess, kind of like, I know you listen to a Wrestling Observer podcast before, and I'm sure you listen, you know, tried out like Stone Cold's podcast <laughs> or JR's podcast. Do you feel like having somebody in WWE host his own podcast to kind of to go over the week in review. Do you feel like something like that would be successful? Yes. I, and I, I think we've talked before when we talked network, um, and the problems that they've had with it. I think, I believe we've talked that adding a weekly, uh, show, or, or podcast or whatever. And I think at the time we talked to Cole Cabana before, obviously the punk stuff, but that adding a weekly interview show like out of character and adding a uh, like recap show would be a, a great way to add content. You know, that's two or three hours of content each week. And it, it would, yes, it'd be a way to, you know, forward your stories and all that. So yeah, I'm with that for yeah, sure. Yeah. Cause I know the, Stone Cold had, did, you know, had another podcast on the network with Triple H this mm. past week, and right. Well, I haven't got around to watching it or listening to it yet because Stone Cold did release it on his podcast thurs- this past Thursday. But I've did, I don't feel like the Triple H interview was as newsworthy as Vince, Vince McMahon's because I think like Triple H had time to uh, think over what he's going to say, as and you know, make sure it doesn't throw up red flags or anything like what as much as Vince did. But I I do enjoy every couple months having Stone Cold and bringing Stone Cold on and having Stone Cold interview somebody for an hour or so on the network. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm with that. Yeah, I do agree with you. you know, it would be cool to, you know, since, you know, Stone Cold, ha- well, Stone Cold obviously has one. Jim Ross does. Jericho does. I know Piper and Goldberg does, but I can't see them. <sighs> Bringing Piper or Goldberg on. Well, I don't want so many. I only want like a couple. I don't. Yeah. This is why I don't listen to all like ten of those anyway. I yeah. think only one or two is necessary. But I think it'd be cool, like you know, having maybe rotating between this, say Austin and Jr. Bring them on like every other month or every couple months and have them interview somebody on the network and all that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Sure. Even I'm with bring that. In, even bring somebody like, say, if they're in the Atlanta area, have Jim Ross bring on Tony Schiavone or. 
something like that. Or if they're in Dallas for WrestleMania 31 next year, have Stone Cold interview interview uh, Bill Mercer or something oh like that. Oh my god! I think I, I need have a, to. I think we need to have an intervention. No more Bill Mercer talk. <laughs> Whatever, Beverly Hills. Whatever. Terrible. But it's I guess you, guess it was just an idea, you know. You know, you know. I like no. I like that idea. I like your podcast idea. But I guess you know, be something to. I think it would definitely help connect with with their view with their viewers nowadays because you and I can usually. I'm sure you can usually agree with me on that. Over the years that that we've been wrestling fans, tech. You no, know, wrestling should change with technology. Yes, and it's like po- wrestling podcasts have become pretty popular nowadays. I feel like WWE should try to capitalize on that. Yes, I agree. Yep. So, so I guess do you have any more uh, final thoughts or anything, Beverly Thrills? Uh no, I don't. I think that's a great idea, though. I like the. I mean, they could have the. You know what? Let me backtrack. Yeah. And let let me uh, contradict myself just once, just once. They, I, I, um. I with the network. I was thinking like putting everything on the network. No, how about instead they just put like a couple on the network or whatever, and they could have their whole own podcasting deal, just like audio wise, and they could have all those like five or six podcasts. Yeah, you know, and just you know, all they would need to do is promote just a few of them or whatever. Put a yeah, few bring, on the network. Yeah, bring them on every once in a while on the network. Like they've been doing a Stone Cold, you know, once every right. two or three months having it live on the network. Sure. Yeah. I yeah, I didn't even know why I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah they could totally do that. I know we emailed a little bit of each other this past week, Beverly Hills. I think you said that you may have a little bit more to talk about the whole cancel WWE network trend. Do oh have- gosh. I oh shoot, now I don't think what I wanted to say though. Okay. Uh yeah now I can't sorry yeah. well, I, I, that's fine. I had just, a good I had a good thought but now I can't think of what that's it was. fine I just thought thought about Mench throwing that in now but that's fine for sure no well, thanks for bringing it up but I I totally forgot it so I guess we might as well I'll just, probably think of it like Monday <laughs> that's fine so we might as well talk about our plugs for the week right you guys on. can listen to us at our websites maineventstatus.com. again it's maineventstatus dot com or you guys can listen to us on our soundcloud page soundcloud.com slash main event status radio again that's soundcloud.com slash main event status radio guys can listen to us on itunes search us out in the library you know you know and all that main event status radio like uh, or subscribe to us rate us review us let us bump us up we want to beat the ross report because we're tired of jim ross's saucy attitude (laughs) also you guys can like us on Facebook, Min Event Status Radio, Facebook.com slash Min Event Status Radio. Like us there. Talk to us there. You know, tell us what you like, what you don't like, and all that fun stuff. Beverly Hills, how can they follow you, you Follow you on the Twitter machine? You can follow me on Twitter at Beverly Hills M-E-S. And you can follow me on the Twitter machine at Dirty Dog M-E-S. That's <laughs> dog as in D-A-W-G. Dirty Dog, M-E-S. And for Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog, Darcy. We we will talk to you guys next time. Oh, oh. On Main Event Status Radio.
a good ending there. That's a good ending. I think that's it.